Welcome to the One Shot Test Kitchen. Today's episode, sports are just numerology. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the One Shot Test Kitchen, where we try out and review tabletop RPGs. I'm Samara, and you'll never guess who I'm with today. It's Mike. Yeah, it's it's me. I'm with Mike. Yeah, I never leave. <laughs> uh, that's why it's so great. Uh, today we're playing a little game called Sports Are Just Numerology. It's a game for two players by Ben Auden Roswell. You can download it from itch.io, and uh, it's a name-your-own-price situation. Uh, just as an overview, Sports Are Just Numerology uh, is a game where we will play two sports players whose careers and lives are irrevocably linked. Our stories and memories make the numbers that permeate sports luminous with meaning. Mike, before we get into the rules, are you a sports fan? Um, Less than I used to be, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, going to hockey games and back when the New York Islanders were uh, pretty terrible, they could get in extremely cheaply. So went with my uh, my brothers to a ton of games back then. And, you know, mm-hmm. my, my one of my formative memories is the 86 Mets. So, you know, it's one of those things. I was going to say, like, if I had to answer trivia about you, I'd be like, Mike is a Mets fan. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> giant loser. Absolutely. That's me. <laughs> I, similar to you, I currently am not like actively in any kind of sports fandom, but I went to the University of Kansas. So I really got into uh, NCAA basketball Mm. while I was there and like probably for about, I don't know, five to 10 years after that, but really didn't. And then like... There were people that were really into like football. I used to go to a lot of football games around that same time too, like NFL stuff, but neither mm. one of them I really follow that much. And I never really played I played soccer for a hot second. So Yeah. I was I was a fencer, which again should surprise nobody. Oh, amazing. And can we be fencers in the I mean you would have an advantage because I know nothing about fencing, but more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> more on that later. But yes. I, I've never been a much of an athlete, but like um, you know, a couple things here and there and like, yeah, totally. But more more of a person who liked watching stuff than actually like participating. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, do you know anything about numerology? Less than nothing. <laughs> That's um, okay. This game isn't really I think the numerology is more just for like the title than anything. Uh, probably the closest is just the idea that numbers have meaning beyond their face value. Okay. Which, you know, I think that that's, that seems to be a core concept of the game. I mean, that's kind of a core concept of life. Like everything's just a number, man. <laughs> well, that's true. We're going to get friggin' deep. Ah, oh, man. That's, that's um, numerology, baby. That's numerology, baby. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, um, you know, I mean, I sent this, uh, a little while ago. Mm-hmm. It's a one page, you know, rule yeah. set. So before we get into the rules, what are your expectations for this game? I'm a little, I mean, I love the conceit here. I love the idea of like, uh, in a way it's like com- somewhat similar to last shooting, uh, except it's not here. We're not explicitly rivals in this one. 
But like yeah. it's two people going through a whole like series of like experiences on like a lifetime scale almost, uh, mm-hmm. which I kind of like. The thing that kind of worries me is like yeah, like you said, it's one page. Um, like there's a there's not a lot on here. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. We'll see how it plays, but it's like, can we really do this? Like, I mean, uh, it's kind of going to put a, I think a lot of the onus on us to uh, to work with it and do all that kind of stuff. One hundred percent. I mean, I don't think that the rules explicitly say anything like this, but one hundred percent, it is a game that it it is what we make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the prompts, from what I can tell, you know, we're just making up everything. So it's really a format that we're using to tell a story. And as deeper in depth with that story, I think we want to go is really up to us. Um, it feels like to me. Do you know the? There's only like one skin of it I've played, but I think they're called like the love letter games. It's a card game. Sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. Yeah. The one I played is like Batman love letter. Um, but okay. Not they're... where I thought that was going. <laughs> uh, but they're like a little quick, you know, card game type thing. And mm. I feel like this is going to be the tabletop role playing version of that. I feel like this will feel like maybe something that would be very satisfying to like pull out quickly and. I'm going to be curious how much it like feels itself like a not necessarily a sports game, but like that energy of kind of give and take mm-hmm. and, you know, a, a quick match sensibility. That's sort of my expectation of it as a game. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm really curious. I mean, I mean, my big concern obviously is like, you know, uh, like will this feel, I'm, it, or is it even intended to feel like a sporting like competition type thing? And will there be enough uh, mechanics in to allow us to do that? Like, cause in you know, last shooting, it's like, it's very much like you had different things to hang your hat off of it in terms of like, you had like gear and relationships and blah, 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 blah. And like all that kind of thing. But like, this is very much like, it does not have a lot of that stuff. So you know, no, it could, could it, be a benefit, could be a detriment. I guess we'll find out. But I might. We'll find this is what out. What I'm looking for. So. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, without further ado, let's break down the rules. Uh, I think I'm just going to read them and we're going to start playing because it's sort of like it gives you a prompt and you jump jump into it. Okay. Sure. So uh, we play two sports players whose careers and lives are irrevocably linked. Our stories and memories make the numbers that permeate sports luminous with meaning. So the first thing that we do is we're going to name ourselves and then decide the place at which uh, we end our entwined careers. Uh, Do we retire as bitter rivals? Has the protege replaced the mentor? Have you become lovers? And then as we play the game, we will tell the story of how we got there. Uh, to do so, we need a piece of paper, something to write with, and a random number generator. We'll take turns, and on your turn, you ask your partner to give you a number of digits between one and six. Then you'll randomly generate a number with that many digits and write it down. Then you'll say what this number represents and why it's significant. It could be a player's stat, a date, a jersey number, a score. You can add decimal points, zeros, slashes, or anything else as needed, as long as you do not change the original core digits. It's okay if we don't know stats, like if we decide to be fencers and I don't know all Mm -hmm. the fencing stats. (laughs) You know, we can make it up. Uh, All stats are made up. Most stats are made up anyways, the rules Mm -hmm. say. 
Uh, so examples are, this is the date you were traded to my team. This is the jersey number I wore the year you taught me how to throw. This was my point total the season we won the cup together. Then you ask your partner how and why they remember it. Examples are, I always remember this stat because you used to brag to me about it. I remember it because it's one digit off our anniversary. I remember your batting average that season because it was just slightly above mine that year and I hated you for it. Play until you have each defined six numbers. Then your stat sheet is complete. You label it and sign it as if it were memorabilia. And that's it. That's what it is. That's it. So I feel like the opportunity or invitation is... You can either just be like, yep, that's the one sentence, but I feel like, you know, there's value in sort of embellishing, you know, both the two points of engagement, which is what the date is or what the number is Mm. and why it's significant. And then the other person telling you why they remember it is really where the meat of the game. And I think that building of and because you know where we end our entwined careers. So these numbers are filling in that story. We should probably start by figuring out what kind of players we are. What sports players are we? I'm I'm tempted to like think of something incredibly strange, but if you want to be fencers, we can be fencers. I'm sorry. You wanted to I just I feel like being fencers is strange. Not but... to how dare you. <laughs> I know. Not to me. <laughs> no, strange isn't bad. I'm just saying that it's not it's abnormal that most people You're calling me like abnormal the... now. <sighs> yes. Well, yes, yes, I am. It is uncommon. Uh, <laughs> what about okay but, but okay more obscure is badminton more obscure bocce are we are we bocce players professional bocce players i mean we could be professional bocce players <laughs> the prop the i think one of the things that we have to consider though is like i don't know what stats are like common to bocce like fair enough yeah but like, you know the game and it says in here you know you can Make up the stats. Most stats are made up anyway. That's fair. That is fair. I mean, if you want to do, let's do bocce. Let's do bocce. Let's do bocce. bocce Why the fuck not? (laughs) You wanted, you wanted weird. So our name and our relationship to each other. I'm just going to see like what, bocce's got to be like extremely big in a certain nationality, right? Well, isn't it an Italian game by nature? Yeah, but like, it's like how, you know, like Slavs are really good at basketball, even though basketball is an American sport. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna take a quick look here. Yep, all Italian. <laughs> yeah, very, very much Italian. Names like uh, Andriozzi, Pantarella. Yeah. Lasagna. <laughs> That's racist, madam. <gasps> I'm sorry to you and your people. <laughs> my, my people. I'm just looking at this list like there's a Mike Panzarella and a Mike Panzarella Jr. <laughs> Should we be Mike Panzarella and Mike Panzarella no, Jr.? No, 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 okay. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do real people. Fair enough. Well, okay, here's a question. Are we – bocce is a game where you always have a partner. Do we think it's interesting to be each other's like bocce partner or rival team or, or like coach – I was thinking from when we first described this that we were kind of like teammates. Right. But like teammates that like start off really high and then just kind of like we start losing it and we start like drifting apart and all that kind of shit uh, to the point by the end we just kind of fucking hate each other. Yeah. So where do we – so we start – we're bocce players that were teammates. Mm -hmm. 
We ended our entwined careers. How about like we still respect each other, but like we we can't stay on the same team anymore because it's just there's too much friction. There's too much like we, we don't. Yeah, like well we together. used to know. Like the circuit knew us together, and we were a great bocce pair. But mm. like the untold story is why these two players like suddenly were never seen like together again like they were never paired up together again okay so it's like known that we know so so yeah we are we are ex teammates that refuse to to work together play together ever again it's known that we won't be paired together but how do we feel against feel towards each other at that point i think there's still a mutual respect but why the why we won't work together I feel like will be revealed in the numerology. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that works. Gives us stages of like the high days of us being great, incredible, unstoppable team, but also an era of like what went wrong and how we, I don't know, devolved from there. Yeah, no, no, no. I can totally see that. All right. So we're Ital- Italian names trying to think of. Mm, how about Luca, Luca Rossi? Luca Rossi? Luca Rossi. Luca Rossi, and I'm going to be Gianna Bianco. Gianna Bianco? Okay. <laughs> I, f- I feel your hair should be bigger for that name. Okay, let me just go tease it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on your turn, ask y- – so it's – I'll go first. Okay. Give me a number of digits between one and six. Three. Five, zero, zero. Okay. Add decimal points, zero, zero slashes, or anything else as needed, as long as you do not change those original core digits. Okay. Uh, I'm going to actually say it's 50 to, 50 to zero. Uh-huh. The score of our first major like local tournament that we played in, like the opening round, we just absolutely dominated. We scored 50 uh, and blanked out the other team completely. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Never seen before. Yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable. Never seen before. It was a real sign that like we we had something and like we were, it's so incredibly rare, rare to shut out the other team. And uh, that's where I think we started uh, getting noticed. Yeah. How do you remember it? Uh, how and why I remember it? Yeah. Yeah. You asked me how and why I remember it. So I think Gianna remembers... How could how could she forget it, first of all? But why in particular it is kind of burned into her memory almost as like a mantra. It's become this standard that she like she refuses to see it as a fluke. And so like something like once they hit that, Gianna became obsessed with like, well, we did 50 to zero. Like, mm. not only can we do that, we could probably do better. And she became sort of any game that wasn't a crazy shutout, any time that like she couldn't push the score in such a way like she you know would sort of harp on this number like 50 to 0 50 to 0 so i feel like it's become it became this thing in that moment that she was fixated on and she'll she'll never forget that score because it's the score that she'll never get again so now you you choose I'm going to give of you a number of digits um 6 okay let's go all the way uh 195524 195524 I'm gonna I'm gonna add some syntax. Okay. Harder than I thought. <laughs> Six digits. 
I know, I know. I thought it was going to be easier. Um, $1,955.24. That is the cost of the appropriate tournament legal bocce set that we had to scrape together the funds to buy to enter our first big tournament. And it's uh, significant because we were so broke we had to do it, it was very difficult to like come up with that much money for us how and why do you remember that number i remember it because it seemed like a step too far i i think luca was like kind of like yeah i'm good at this but like i'm gonna spend like two grand on a pro bocce set like am i even gonna make this <laughs> money back am i even gonna like like and who the hell goes pro and bocce? Are we really gonna like, <laughs> like are we really gonna do this? So I think this like this is a moment of like fear and and doubt that he had uh, from the very beginning. Yeah, sure. All right, give me some digits. Uh four. Seven, seven, eight, one, seven. Seven, eight, one, seven. I think this is a date that we had marked in our calendars, July eighth, uh, twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, this is what, this is like, we had had a couple of successes. We hadn't really blown it out of the water. This was the day of like the big international tournament in Italy um, that we would be going to. And we had qualified. That day hung over our heads like a, like a sword of Damocles. Like we need to be ready to do this on this day and it's going to be our make or break. Mm-hmm. How did Gianna weigh that date in her brain. Gianna remembers seven eight seventeen because that's that's the day that her grandmother died. And mm. it was also the day of the tournament. She had made such a big deal about this tournament because we were talking about it, you know, for so long and, you know, talking about how being a professional bocce player is a real possibility. We could we could do this. Let's do this. And so she was not made privy to how bad the situation with her grandmother was. Mm. And her grandmother ended up passing away the same day that, you know, she went to that tournament. So she'll never forget that tournament or that date. Mm. Do I give you? You give me. No, I give you. Yeah, you give me. Two. I'm going to go in the opposite of what I did last time. I'm not joking here. Hmm. 69. <laughs> uh. <laughs> The dice are what the dice are. I'll send you a fucking screenshot of this. All right, go with me on this mic. I few things you have said have put more of a chill <laughs> down my spine. Sixty-nine is what Gianna jokingly half jokingly threw out to Luca as the sort of reward if they won a game against the um brutally ruthless team from Florence. Uh Okay. Like knowing that they were going to probably lose and have the floor wiped with them. Gianna was like, "Yeah, we beat these guys." Well, 69, right? And uh we're a family-friendly yeah. podcast. Um <laughs> I'm not saying what it is. <laughs> Actually, maybe. (laughs) 
I can change it. No, no, I no. I can no. rewind. No, no. Let's let's roll with this. Let's roll with this. <laughs> okay. I think Luca did not know what you were offering. <laughs> and that's how he remembers it. <laughs> he thought it was some kind of like designer name or something like that. Mm-hmm. And did not realize that uh, Gianna was like slyly hitting on him. Mm-hmm. Or, or so she thought, I guess. And I think he looks back to that as like, wait, really? No. <laughs> really? Maybe? No, couldn't have been. Couldn't have been. Mm-hmm. I think that's the value that it has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You, uh... uh... Yes, I give you numbers. Let's make it easy. One. Five. Five. I think in this tournament, I think five was the number of other teams in the final round. I think it was uh, a gang of six uh, that had made it through all the preliminaries, first round, second round, all that kind of stuff. And I think it was us and five teams from Italy. Florence, Naples, Sicily, Venice, Venetia, and one from like a little town out in Tuscany. Mm-hmm. And then us. And I remember it was very, very intimidating. These people have lived and breathed bocce their entire lives. Mm-hmm. And we are just some people who like were pretty okay. How did Gianna take it? Gianna remembers... How and why does Gianna remember the five other teams? Gianna remembers the five and the five teams because uh, she went overboard in terms of her preparation. Like Gianna really wanted to turn her life around going as far as she could as a professional bocce player. So I think that she like not only studied their gameplay and like figured out the scoop about them, but like mildly internet stalked them until it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like we've gone too far. But she like really tried to get in that like head of her competitors. So she was intimately aware that there were like five teams that she and Luca had to best if they were going to walk away from this. Her sort of obsession with exceptionalism made her obsessed with <clears throat> the five other teams that were there. And then this is the last one. No, no, no. We do six each. Six each? That's what I thought it said. No, until you have... Oh, yeah, no, play until you define six each. Define. Oh, great. We're only halfway there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally. was like, damn, that's fast. Um, okay. Four. Four. Nine, zero, six, eight. Nine zero six eight was the was the pin number for the lock on their shared bocce case that they also kept. You know, it was big enough that it had the bocce set, um, but also had um, you know you could you could you could keep a few small personal effects in there. So it was the pin number to that shared case. How and why did Luca remember that pin number? There's a couple ways I can go with this. Um, mm-hmm. I think it sticks out in his brain now because he forgot it. Mm. I think that Luca had a little like good luck charm and let's go full Italian. It's a little like St. Christopher medal or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that he always kind of like wore as like a good luck charm. Uh, he was a little bit embarrassed about it because it was kind of a superstition. It sticks out in his brain is that there was one day that he had locked it in there for safekeeping and then he forgot what the combination was 
to the bocce case. And I think that uh, he didn't have the opportunity to put it on before going onto the the pitch. The court, I don't know mm-hmm. what a bocce thing is. That day, he turned in a very subpar performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give me three digits. Five, eight, three. Huh. Okay. I'm going to say that I think 5.83 uh-huh. was the number of centimeters that the winning bocce ball on a very, very tight game in the last game of the finals, that is the distance that made a winner into a loser and a loser into a winner. It was just 5.83 centimeters closer when they measured it. Who was the... That's what I'm going to toss to you. (laughs) (laughs) I think the other team won by 5.83 centimeters. And I think that Luca... I think Luca had the last ball, had the last chance. Um, and despite the fact that the other balls have been knocked out by the opposing team, by the Sicilians and whatever, Luca had the last chance and he missed it by 5.83. And uh, Gianna will never forget it um, because she also made sure that Luca never forgot it. She spent that whole night after the game. Over beers while other people, bocce is a generally joyous, convivial, casual thing. And they're like the sort of like shark and Gianna just like couldn't all night at the bar. Like people started avoiding Gianna because she'd be talking to somebody. And she'd be like, yeah, I mean, we would have won it if only Luca didn't miss it by 5.83 centimeters. I mean, what is 5.83 centimeters? I mean, could have that been the sand or I mean... If Luca would have thrown it better, we wouldn't be even be having this discussion. But and you know, she a lot of mm. people started to avoid Gianna by the end of the night because it was a subject that she couldn't stop hammering on. And I think she remembers it still to this day because it was a moment that she felt like that disconnect from like the community that she was like gonna be a part of and become like a professional bocce player in. They seemed to want no piece of her fixation on this failure okay okay i'm gonna go wacky again give me six all righty uh five four nine zero nine zero so wacky (laughs) (laughs) well it's just it can be so many things no i know i know i'm I'm not i'm not i'm a little mocking you but like yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay 54 slash 90 slash 90 Fifty-four ninety ninety. That is the amount of uh, reps of each of the like three workout moves, the bocce warm up that Gianna insisted she and Luca do. You did fifty-four ninety ninety. What were the reps? Like what? What exercise? Well, that's up to you. Okay. Uh, I think Luca remembers this as he, with a, a great deal of like annoyance and like bordering on anger because like he had one bad throw at the end and she was there as well and didn't win it in any of her throws. And this is a kind of an excessive thing. And it felt like punishment because he fucked up. And I felt because who needs to do squats to fucking play bocce. (laughs) And it's not even about strength. It's about precision. So like, why are we doing like, 
curls uh, with these and why are we doing push-ups and like <laughs> like this is not a game of strength this is a game of precision and it seemed like Gianna's aim was misguided here and he began to resent her for it mm-hmm. cool uh, give me five one one five three six that is the zip code of an apartment that Luca got in New York when he was trying to relax, kind of enjoy his winnings a little bit and like maybe get his mind off bocce. Like that was kind of his, uh, his safe haven, this apartment in actually, let me look up one, one, five, three, six. Where was Luca's safe haven apartment? It was in, what the hell is that? Oh, it's in Queens. Perfect. Almost in on Long Island. That's pretty far. Uh, it's like Middle Village. It's really fitting the profile. I couldn't have actually picked better. <laughs> it was kind of a retreat, a retreat for him. Kind of a place that he could kind of go and just kind of like live his life a uh, little bit free from like having to think about Bocce all the goddamn time. Can I ask a clarifying question? Sure. Does Luca live in or around the five boroughs? Yeah, that was my conception that I think I think we both do. Um, Great. But like, I think this is a little further out from like the, the, the trendier places and whatnot that he, you know. Sure. You know, places where there's street bocce. Well, Gianna remembers it because as a Staten Island native, Gianna mm-hmm. was furious that he would go so far out and decide to go out there on weekends, sometimes turn off his phone, be wildly unavailable and while she would look into routing it the directions and or driving or getting a car it always felt like out in the middle of nowhere and sometimes you know gianna would just show up even though luca was like look man this is just my like non-bocce chill weekend but gianna found a way to like always go there stop by just be like oh i just got to drop off things she became very familiar and resentful of like how far away it was like also why would you choose to be out in Middle Village instead of like Staten Island? And like, come on, man, we stay here. <sighs> so yeah, I think I think that's why Gianna remembers. Okay. Two. Five, six. Fifty-six is uh how old Luca's uncle was turning at the family birthday party that Gianna showed up to drunk. I think Luca was pissed, but I think even more so like that was kind of the first time he began to think, like, maybe this is it. She is getting hung up on her desire for perfection and for achieving. Well, as I think Luca always kind of thought it as kind of a distant and interesting thing. You know, he made a little money, had a few laughs, went to Italy. <laughs> but, like, I don't think he'd ever intended it to be a calling in the way that I think Gianna did. Mm-hmm. Um, give me, give me two. 44. Okay, 44. I'm going to say is I'm going to say that um it, that is the score that that Luca got when he went to a professional like bocce scout and said essentially like okay, how would you rate me? And he did a couple of tests and like you know, threw a couple of bocce balls and like, you know, aim tests and stuff like that. Uh, to see if like this was like if the time had passed or like to see what it was like. He wanted a professional opinion, and I think he scored forty four out of a hundred, like well below uh, where he thought he would, and it became a, a very discouraging thing for him. 
I think Gianna remembers the score. It was when she knew she had to let Luca go because he was never going to help take her game to the next level. She's like, these are hard facts. The pro scout has said he's a 44 out of 100. And, um, you, you, you know, you can't deny facts. So she, I think that, that him scoring that was like a final, final knowing that like her time with trying to, to make, to make that bocce partnership happen was not going to happen. One. One. Okay. Nine. Nine is the number of matches that Gianna has attended that Luca has played without her as partner. I think Luca plays very sparingly now. I think he still plays and he's something of a ringer when he does play. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that he's mostly doing it for in local tournaments like street fairs and stuff like that. I think he knows Gianna is watching, but too many bridges have been burnt. She got drunk in front of his uncle. She's too dedicated to it in a way that he can never be. And it's best to just keep that at arm's length. Mm-hmm. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yep, that's 12. That's, that's our 12. stat sheet. That's the story. Sign it. It's done. That's the story of Gianna Bianco and Luca Rossi. All right, we are going to take a quick break and we'll come back with our review. And we are back. So, Mike, what did you think about sports or just numerology? Uh, Well, I think I learned something about us (laughs) and (laughs) that we are not very good at sports. That we don't know how bocce is scored? Well, we don't know even the <laughs> stats of bocce. I mean, I so uh, – then again, name me someone who does, uh, who doesn't play it. Um, no, 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 no. But in seriousness, like, I kind of like that. Um, I kind of liked the the simplicity of that core mechanic. Like, mm-hmm. here is a situation. Here is a piece of information. What is your interpretation of it? What is the other person's interpretation of it next? Mm-hmm. I don't think necessarily you and I drew as stark a contrast. Like we didn't, we had a few of them, but like there weren't a lot of numbers in which there were like wildly differing feelings about like or perceptions of a number. But I think that it, I think that that it cohered in a way that told a pretty decent story. Mm -hmm. To clarify, when you say we didn't have many times where we had wildly different stances on a number. Can you explain what that means a little bit more and why you think that's a good or a bad or a necessary thing to have? I mean, I think I think in some cases that's just not going to be the case, like, you know, whatnot. But I think, like, I think part of the appeal of this is that one per- – like, I mean, the idea that, like, you know, numbers just kind of have their meaning depending on who perceives them. Uh-huh. Like, I think, like, when we say, like, you know, oh – like the first one we had was 50 and O like that first game. Like we both kind of like, Oh, this is great. This is fantastic. But there wasn't really much of a division between like, you know, why we felt it to be like, why that was good or what that like impended or something like that. Sure. I think something to keep in mind though, is that I think that that core loop doesn't necessarily set you up to do that right like because one of you is just defining what the thing is 
And then the other person is defining how their character remembered it and why. So I think, you know, it's easy. You really are kind of building on each other, right? Because I'm telling you it's your uncle's 56th birthday where I showed up drunk. Now, you could take that a different direction and be like, oh, it was the most vulnerable I'd ever seen Gianna when she cried on my shoulder all night. Or, you know, oh, she was a pain in the ass and upset everybody and kept on going. You know, you get to define the color as the other person giving the shades of it. So I would only just counter it that it's not really necessary. I don't I didn't perceive it as something that was our characters having the same opinion about the data or not, because the other person never really got to tell you how they felt about it. I mean, I think I think there is a kind of an implicit thing of like the decision of what the number is does carry a certain amount of like you know meaning for the the character who is defining it yeah sure yeah um i mean if not necessarily emotional meaning then at least significance and i think and and like i don't think necessarily that like we needed to be like miles apart on every one of these numbers or every one of these memories or something like that but I'll, i think a good chunk of them i would have liked to see more more of the ways that, and I think we got there by the end, but I think more of the ways that Gianna and Luca were different people from each other and had different responses to things. I see. Like, but I don't necessarily think that it's necessarily a flaw of the game. I think it is like some of this stuff, I think maybe it depends on the type of story you're trying to tell. And we were telling the story of two people who started together and grew apart. I don't know if it was, you know, what the cadence would be if we were bitter rivals. Like from the beginning, we see things like very, very differently or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. And I also think it's maybe the way we both in our GM DM minds stuff. Like also, I felt like we were both consciously teeing up a number for the other person rather than. Like, I felt like I definitely did that at least, rather than, like, really thinking of it from a me perspective first, a Gianna perspective first. Mm. And I think that the way in which I was teeing up numbers, I felt like I was really trying to give you something that you could build off of instead of necessarily thinking of Gianna first, no consideration for Luca and and making Luca figure out his relationship to that in a more, just in a different way. And maybe that would have set up that tension a little bit more. Because I feel like I was more focused on the dual narrative than I was my individual narrative. Does that make sense? No, totally. But I mean, I think, but I think that like at least with some of the stuff that you you set up with regard to, um, like most of these numbers that I'm looking at right now, uh, like were things that like were when you proposed them, there was an element of Gianna in them, like you know, uh, sure. the, the number of times that she went to go see Luca. The uh, the number of reps that she dictated that they do and all that kind of stuff. Your dis- whatever you decided from that is necessarily a reflection of Gianna uh, in a sure sense. sure sure that makes sense. And that's that's why I thought that like the Luca counterpoint to those was like or or in or vice versa. Um, I think is valuable because I think it's like again you're looking at these two situations as represented by this number from a different points of view. Mm-hmm. I think it took us a little bit to find that point of view, mm-hmm. but um, um, I think that's where the strength of this particular mechanic lies in that, yeah. like, you see two differing things in, like, vaguely a Rashomon effect. Right. I love how, like, you want to talk about collaborative storytelling or world building. 
I really loved how enmeshed we were in each round and how effortlessly the the switch to be like the different dance partner in mm-hmm. the like and and what your role is, right? Like I learned after doing a few of these that it was like, oh right, I'm dictating how many digits so I can start to get an idea of like, well, digits can be zip codes, can be dates, can be whatever. So how many digits do I need to maybe go any of those directions? Like I kept, I went two times for six think, thinking I was going to get, you know, I really should have gone for five if I wanted a date, but I was like, mm. I'll get something that could be a date. Like that could be, you know, a date, something to go with. And every time they were wild and wacky, yeah. but so I found the loop very, the collaborative loop, very satisfying um, that me defining the number of digits kind of helped me. I could go in with a sense of like what those digits could be for storytelling purposes and just that back and forth between I do that many digits, you give me the numbers, I tell you what those numbers mean and restructure them, and you tell me the how and why for your character, and then we just like take a step to the left and do it again was very um it was very smooth and I found it like a satisfying like it, for me it was fun to be like okay, what's Mike going to give me? Oh, okay, what do I want to what do I want to give back to Mike? Oh, mm-hmm. how many digits if I want to date or what like decimals and dashes can I add to make this a different number? Like it was a fun, yeah, it was a fun loop to run. No, totally. I think, I think in as much as there is a flaw to this game, uh, it's like, I think it's the first step of that dance, which is hard. Like when you get the number, like we had a lot of downtime, uh, which I have dutifully edited out where you're just like, okay, shit, what, what do we do here? Uh, how does this work? Like, like trying to like mentally put in that, like, you know, decimal points, dashes, all that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, I think I wonder, I mean, I do like the simplicity of it, like just being a, a number that you do, but like, I'm wondering if this is a way to like get your footing a little bit quicker on some of those. I don't know necessarily, but like it does, it did, I don't know if it necessarily killed the momentum, but it like definitely is like, it didn't, the flow was definitely interrupted each time we like move to a new step. Uh, like if we're using this dancing metaphor. Yeah. Like, like we did a, we did a, a tango to the end of the lo- end of the dance floor. Then we're like, oh yeah. shit, what do we do now? Uh, do you want to do this? You want to do this? Like, yeah, let's do this. In, in that case, it wasn't necessarily a flow as it was like a series of vignettes. Uh, uh, that I think, and like uh, that's not necessarily bad, but it's just no like- because it allows for for me like those. Mo- I was really nervous the first time I took a long time, and then you took a long time on a number, and I was like, oh, it's not just Samara being Samara. Mm-hmm. So like, let's just allow the number to percolate. Let's give ourselves permission. I'm sure it'll get cut out, but like you know, we went one direction on a number, and then decided like, no, scratch that. Let's go back. Like I feel like that process, that percolating, that being like, no, 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 no. What's the what's the most interesting next story step to go with this? What are all the where are all the directions I could go with like these digits? I think can be satisfying if you just give yourself and the other player the permission to be like, yeah, percolate on it. Let's see. I don't know. Because that sets up what then I have to respond to. So I kind of want whether or not it comes to you in a stroke of genius quickly off the bat. But I think it's okay to take the time and slow down that momentum because it also lets the story, because the story goes so fast because it's only 12 mm-hmm. numbers. That's true. That's true. So it lets you think like, reflect on like, okay, wait a second. Like who are these two? Where have we been so far? Where are we going? Um, because I think if it goes too fast, then you're just, you don't necessarily get the moment to kind of think about it. 
Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Like, if it was just kind of like bap, 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 bap with the numbers, like, yeah, this would be over in 20 minutes and there's no room for the story to breathe. Like, there's no room to even, like, think about the story. Um, right. Yeah, which I guess is fair. And there were moments that I felt like we did have that momentum for sure. But I think when we were in the tournament time frame and we're thinking a lot about that, um, I don't know. I So overall, I mean, I found it in the same way that did I feel like the story, the relationship, the statue, whatever you want to call this, <laughs> that we created together – like I didn't necessarily feel like I the the stories of Bianca and Luca were like they were it was an interesting little story we told but I, I feel like it could have been more and you know in any direction you know had more heart had more drama had more humor to it you know I don't know and I don't know if that's because I feel like we took plenty appropriate time for each step yeah, I, I I feel that like this would be like the really good core of more stuff on top of this. Mm. Like it like if this is like the core loop of the game that like you know it is this back and forth this dance uh, the dance steps that we're doing. Like maybe there's stuff around the edges of it. I'm thinking of almost in a fiasco let it like or or frankly our last shooting kind of sense because last shooting dictated kind of the acts of like the progression of this. Mm. Um, if there's more of a narrative structure, uh, that like either is part of the rules or something that is generated by the players, like, you know, like the first two numbers are, uh, like the first meeting and whatnot. The next two are like, you know, tensions rising. And the last two are like the denouement or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, and again, I'm just throwing these things out there, but I think that like, a little bit more embellishment around it and you can actually you can tell a story that has more texture to it than i think that we were able to give it with this uh core this core loop alone sure well because it's like you were two players what's your relationship and where did that relationship and that intrinsic connection end that you could even the simple embellishment would be like add one more round, do 13 rounds and you do six rounds. And then the seventh round is like the date has to represent a turning point in your relationship, whatever, you know, that is. And then the second six are like that hmm. progression into these new identities. So you at least again, have a sense of like, yeah, what that arc is that you're working towards. No, 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 totally. I, 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 and I, I don't know what that embellishment is, but like, I mean, I, I can't help, obviously, because it's a two player, two player game where we're kind of opposed to each other. Can't help but compare it to last shooting. Sure. When, and last shooting had like a character sheet. Uh, mm -hmm. last shooting had like, um, like literal, uh, like scenarios written out and stuff like that. And I'm saying that, I'm not saying that this game needs that specifically, but sure. I'm saying that like, or, or it doesn't even need embellishment because I think what we did was cool and, and interesting. But, um, yes, but just if you wanted more, if you wanted a, a meatier narrative or more of these sort of story elements that, that I had flagged, that it needs, it would require some embellishment to be able to get there. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think especially if we're talking about sports, there's a lot of like tropes and ideas and things that you can pull from. Like, like how many sports movies have there been um, where you can pull out like, you know, you are the underdog or you are the, the, the rookie on the new team or something like that, like that you can use to build scenarios out and whatnot that can color these and like create like right. more of an arc to it. 
But again, we've played some of those games and sometimes feel hampered by them. So I will go with what you did say, which is that like those are only things that it would it would need to turn itself into more of that other kind of game. But as it stands as a whole, it is a very um, satisfying. Again, I'm going to go back to what my instinct was of it sort of feeling like Batman Love Letter or like if you played Onitama. Don't know that one. I'm just trying to think of like any type of like board games or card games that are pretty like pull it out the it's rules light mm. it's it's a quick engagement but it's a satisfying engagement. We went really left field with professional bocce players, sure. but I'm sure if you jumped into you know your best Friday Night Lights fantasy and were small town Texas State, like you'd find that it, it it's just a fun it's a fun system to jump in on and I think it lends itself if you and the other person are kind of game to go there. Oh, totally. And I'm not, I don't mean to imply that like this needs more embellishment. I think for what we did, it is, it is good, but I'm like, I can't help but look at this and think that like, this is a really solid core of something that could be like, sure. If done right, can be something a little bit bigger and a little bit more expansive. Um, Yeah. And maybe someone has, if you, if you're listening to this and you know, somebody who has turned this system into something else or use this system, let us know. Yeah, I mean, I will say also, like, one thing that, again, it's not it's not really a reflection on the game, more, again, more reflection on us. I have jokingly said it, but, like, yeah, the idea that we're not, re- that we didn't really, like, lean into the sports aspect of it. I think that's more, uh, like, number one, it's numbers like, like, bocce. Again, who the fuck knows bocce? But, like, I think number two, I think it doesn't even necessarily need to be sports. Like... I mean, I think that, like, we could tell a story. I mean, for the framing device of, like, how did you end up and all that kind of stuff, I think that's interesting. But, like, the sports flavor didn't really come through, like, except in that initial setup. I mean, it permeated the whole thing because it was the story of two sports players. Yeah, but, but it also, because it is a, it's a rich field for numbers. So, we had... Us, we used it for a score. We used it for the workout reps, which arguably is not specific to sports, but like the number of you know people in the tournament. Like it gave you a context, and um, I I hear you that it didn't necessarily permeate uh, deeper than just like sort of the skin. I if mean- you gave me another scenario, and. You know, you said I'm a, Vic, you know, we're Victorian gentlewomen and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. In in social court politics, like the numbers, numbers don't feel intrinsic to that context. Numbers feel intrinsic to a sports context. So I'm just trying to think of other contexts where numbers, numbers have a lot of meaning. I mean, we were using numbers to talk about like like you said like dates and ages and like stuff like that i think i think this game is more numerology than sports um <laughs> not to be too glib about it but like i think we can't like if the conceit of using a number as a data point for a situation for you to build around i think is a good idea i just don't think that the the sports context in which it is situated here comes out strongly like i think if you lean more into it like in terms of Again, some of some ancillary material around it. Maybe you could get more into that. But like, I think you could very well do the same mechanic around Victorian gentlewomen um, and like tell a good story with it. Yeah, um, yeah, I think you're right. Which I mean speaks to it as you know a core loop. Again, these if they're the steps to your lady and lordship's dance, which were very steppy and complicated, right? <laughs> Absolutely. My, you know, what was it? 
11,536 was my dowry. Like, you know, it could yeah, be very, right. you know, it could be something as simple as that. You know, I will say we've played a number of games and whether or not it is the early stage world buildy stuff, each, you know, go around, each person adds one of these things, whatever. This is the most satisfying, like, I guess, like, for lack of a better term, like exquisite corpse style collaboration for you know world building and collaborative storytelling uh i just really i really appreciated that it also like scaled in commitment the rounds did right i'm just giving you a number of digits okay we're randomly generating those numbers okay now i have to define what that is okay and now you're giving me more on top of that it was just such a really was satisfying and i feel like was was elegantly done in a way that other games that are sort of like go around the group and say what the thing is it that's like well we're all just throwing ingredients into the stew but we're not actually collectively sort of dependent upon each other or have to listen to each other so intentionally like it's really easy i think in some of these games to be like oh like stupa i forgot samara you said that thing about the crazy roof mm-hmm. and the things that were there well because it didn't connect to anything yeah that you did it didn't build on or you know respond to this game's elegance is its simplicity and Mm -hmm. like i think uh i think my fear that like you wouldn't have enough to hang your hat off on like that fear is alleviated like this is yeah this definitely like gives you enough to not just tell a sequence of vignettes but tell a tell an arc Mm -hmm. yeah i think it is an extremely good core concept which is why i'm like Man, imagine if you added more to this. But like, maybe that I don't, maybe that's the wrong impulse. But like, right? Um, but like, it makes me want to see this more. So mm-hmm. it's a lovely little game. Yeah, yeah. It is a it is a quality it is quality mechanic, and it is like we told a good story with it. Like, mm-hmm. w- what more can you really ask for something like that? It's, it's true. It's true. Uh, anything else you want to reflect on? Discuss about? This old girl? Not really. I mean, there's, I mean, I wish I had more insightful things to say, but like part of the, the uh, thing about it being very simple core mechanic is that like, you can't really say too much about it. Like it's, I mean, I like, does it work? Does it not work? You know, like what's her strengths and its weaknesses? I think we covered all that. So like, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I liked I, it. I don't think it needs to be dissected to death. I think that, um, but that's what I some do. <laughs> I know, me too. So let's just repeat ourselves, which we're also really good at. So let's just go back and go back over. I'll just go back to all my previous points and um, talk about them twice as long. Make your edit time really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I do. Some things that we had said before, you know, about, well, does it, you know, feel you know, we spoke to the sporty elements. I do think there's a part of it that whether or not it was because it felt like a dance or like a little bit of back and forth, you know, I felt more your teammate in a sense than other games have had me feel. So I feel like it was successful in that. And it does, it did meet the expectation of like, pop it on, tell a good story. Gianna Bianco, I'm I'm not going to forget Gianna Bianco. She is, in my mind, she was like, 48? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was thinking, like, these are definitely people in their 40s, like, yeah. they, were, like they found a thing, what the hell? Oh. Yeah, and I feel like I, now, if I'm going to the bar, I'm gonna be like, 
That's a total Luca. That's a total Gianna. And that is a success. Like, those are characters and stories that, like, stick with you for very, with very little hand-holding or effort. So, delight. Yeah, very much so. They are kind of archetypal, but, like, that's fine. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It was great. All right. Well, that is it for sports are just numerology or numerology can be sports or this game is really just numerology. If you're listening to Mike, everything is just numbers. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to play sports are just numerology for yourself, you can find it on itch.io for a pay what you want price. And if you love the playful banter and nonstop thrills of listening to Mike and I playing and reviewing tabletop RPGs, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this pod on your listening platform of choice. If you have any questions or comments for us, or if you have any suggestions for games that we should take on in the future, please drop us a line at ostkpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at ostkpodcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. I realize I don't have my pop screen, but I have the filter on it, so that should be fine. Uh, say pickled sausage. Pickled sausage. Yeah, you sound fine. Okay, already got a route take. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right.